When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Uh, praise the Lord. Good thing you survived Halloween. Praise God. By the way, if you have any candy left over, you know where I live. Especially Reese's Pieces. You get, get an extra stash of pieces, just, just bring it by my house. So praise the Lord. I don't know how many people realize, especially non-Catholics, but you know Halloween is very Catholic. Even the very name of it, Halloween. We all know what does it mean? All Hallows Eve. Hallows is another word for saint. So, which points to this great feast day which now the church celebrates. As we recall all of the saints who have gone before us and who have made it to heaven. So praise the Lord. And as we enter into now November, notice how our, 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 our attention shifts now. We remember all saints today and then tomorrow. It's a huge day, especially in Catholic countries. The commemoration of all souls. Dia de los Muertos, especially in Spanish and Mexico. It is a massive event. You go to Poland, again, it's a massive event. You go to traditionally Catholic countries where the faith is still strong. This day is humongous. And so that's why we've added a special day tomorrow for Mass. So come to Mass. Normally we don't have Masses on Mondays, but in Portola we'll have Mass at 8.30 as we begin now. The whole month of November, in fact, we offer Masses for all of our beloved dead. So tomorrow, if your loved ones are buried nearby, go visit them. Decorate their graves, clean it, dust it off, and visit them. Because t- tomorrow is the day that we, we remember in a special way our loved ones who have died. And what a beautiful thing this is, especially, I can think back to Halloween. You ever wondered why we dress up in, in costumes, especially in ghoulish, zombie-like, and we scare each other, right? Where does that, where does that come from? Well, it's actually it's very deeply Christian. Because we stare at death in its face. You see, for a lot of people without faith, they're terrified of death. Death is something to hide from, to avoid at all costs. 
Ah, not as Christians. We mock it. We laugh at it. That's why we don't on those, those silly costumes and we scare each other. And we eat candy. Because we tell death in its face, where is your sting? Where is your power? It's gone now because of Jesus Christ. So all of those people running around last night, they didn't realize it, but they're living the Catholic faith. Do you remember the first time death touched you, your life? Do you recall when, because often we grow up, and death doesn't really quite hit us until somebody that we care about passes. And then all of a sudden it hits you in a, in a profound new way. And it never quite leaves you the same. I remember the first time I remembered death and it affected somebody I cared about. April 14th, 1995. I was 14. One of my best friends at the time was Sergio Amaro. We were part of the same uh, breakdancing group in high school. If you remember, some of you already know, part of my story, I was part of a breakdancing group. And it was big back in the 90s. They had, you know, in the 80s it was humongous, and then it had made its comeback in the mid-90s. And so we were part of this breakdancing group. And that's what we did, and we had a silly name. I don't know why you know, especially as a teenager, you, you use menacing names to sound more important. So we were called, I don't know why we named ourselves this, but I guess to sound more intimidating to rival dance groups. We were called the Warheads, right? They said, oh, the Warheads are here. And we saw yeah, this little teenagers come walking in. And how it went was, in, in breakdancing culture, so, so we formed different groups, of course. And then when you go to a party and you see a rival group, you, you eye them down. Like, oh, it's a rival group, right? And then you form the circle, and then you start dancing, <laughs> like in the movies. So how it goes is, if you've ever been to a breakdancing battle, I don't know if many of you have. Do we have many breakdancing crews in Loyalton? I don't know. But So there's a, a circle forms, and then the one crew sends out their guy. You start doing but it doesn't move. And then the rival group sends out their other guy to kind of counter it, and it's a back-and-forth battle. <laughs> and my friend Sergio, he had one of the most beautiful head spins you've ever seen. You know, head spins, you, you put on a helmet, get on your head, and as the name implies, you spin. <laughs> it was a beautiful head spin. His legs were perfectly straight. He, he, he can do the split, so his legs were, were spread apart, and he just spin like crazy, right? He was always our trump card. Whenever a rival group would do their best move, we turn around, Sergio, go in! And he go in, and he does his head spin, and the whole crowd just screams, yeah! That was... That was <laughs> It was a beautiful thing. That was my childhood. Breakdancing. But also part of our, of our, in the 90s, another part of a, a big thing we did as kids was rollerblading. Rollerblading was huge in the 90s. And then on April 13th, we were, we were rollerblading, Sergio and I, just, you know, just riding around the neighborhood. And it was getting late. And like a te- good teenager, I was hungry. I said, Serge, I want to go home. My mom's cooking fried chicken. I want to go home. I'm starving. And he said, no, Brian, let's, let's hang out some more. Let's just... For some reason, he didn't want to go home. I don't know why. And we got in a big argument. You know, teenagers, you argue about silly things sometimes. 
We got into yelling at each other. Because I want to go home. He wanted to hang out more. I said, no, I want to go home. I got fried chicken waiting for me. I want to go home. We were cussing each other out. You know, teenagers do. And then we just parted ways, yelling at each other. I still remember his back turned towards me as he rollerbladed down the street. And I rollerbladed the other side. And then the next day, the plan was, was to meet up with our other friends at our friend Alan's house. We were able to meet up there, and then we were going to go rollerblading again, terrorize the neighborhood, the whole band. That's what we do. We'd meet up and rollerblade in a, in a big old herd of teenagers. We were rollerblading all over all over there. And so I had decided my, my parents to drop me off. I didn't want to rollerblade at my friend's house. And I get to the house at the time scheduled, and no one was there. Strange. Well, I thought we were supposed to meet at a certain time. Knocked on the door, and my, my friend's mom came out. And I asked, where, where, where's everybody? No one told you? You didn't hear? Of course, back then, you didn't have a cell phone, so you actually had to talk to people. And so I didn't hear. I, no, nobody told me. Sergio got hit by a car. I said, what? Yeah, right on Franklin Boulevard. Because Franklin, if you, if you know where we grew up, there's a big boulevard. It's a straightaway. And it's, it's famous for young people because we love drag racing on that stretch. Because it's, it's a straightaway, and it, it's a straight road, and we know the cops don't really hang out there. So you, you can stretch for about, you can, you can probably race about half a mile. And, and people at the designated speed limit is 45. Nobody drives 45 on that thing. You drive fast. So I knew where it was. So I, so I went there, and the scene was already, all the people had gone. But on the, on the street, you can see shattered pieces of, of rollerblades. And then there was a, a friend, I thought, what is that? I looked over closely. So why, why is there a pool of water on the pavement? Walked over. It wasn't water. I'm told that he died immediately. He was 14. And at 14, you start, you start thinking, how do you process this? First time someone died close to us as a group of friends. And immediately I thought back, man, my last conversation with him was yelling at him. So that leaves a mark, and you feel awful about it. To part ways in that such an angry attitude. So that stayed with me as a 14-year-old kid, just thinking about that. What could I have said? You know, you know, especially when someone dies, you start thinking, what could I have done differently? Maybe about a week later after he died, I had a dream of him. For some reason, I was back at my elementary school. I was playing tetherball. <laughs> you know tetherball? I still have that game. That dumb game. I, I was horrible at that game. I was playing tetherball, and all of a sudden, I see Sergio walking towards me. He was wearing his customary NBA Orlando Magic jersey. He loved that thing. And he was smiling. And I was jealous. Of, I was always jealous of that, of that smile because it was a beautiful smile. And all the girls liked him because of his smile. I was like, oh, I was jealous of his smile. And he's smiling, walking towards me. And I looked at him and said, Sergio, 
What are you doing here? You're dead. And he looked at me and he said, smiling, he says, Brian. And I'll never forget the word he said. He said, I'm back. He said, I'm back. And then I woke up immediately. I don't know if that was just a teenager's brain just trying to process everything. I don't know if it was real or if it was my imagination. But what I got from that dream was that he had forgiven me for our argument the night before he died. And that he had made it to heaven. And made it to heaven. And whether that dream was true or not, that is our faith. Today, as we commemorate all of the saints, the saints now are all of our brothers and sisters who have made it to heaven. Everybody in heaven is a saint. And so, and that is what Paul is trying to instill now, or rather John is trying to instill in the second reading today. He's trying to tell the church, he says, what love the Father has bestowed on every single one of us. For we are called children of God. He was trying to remind us of who we are. Because what happens, and again, to be a broken record, we know what happens when our, when our faith in God, when our relationship with him is stale, or when we ignore it. We, we, we feel that God-sized hole in our lives with the four classical substitutes. Again, now you've been with me for a long time, you know what those are. When we don't have a relationship with God, one of these four things will fill its place, or a mix of them. The money, power, pleasure, or honor. One of those four fills the God-sized hole in our hearts, and we get distracted, and we try to accumulate one of those four things. Money, power, honor, pleasure. And we're left frustrated, because those four things never fill us. And John is trying to say, we are children of God. We are God's children now. And we do not know, and we do know when it is revealed we shall be like him. Or we shall see him as he is. He's speaking again of our truest identity. And that is why on this beautiful commemoration of all the saints, the reading from the book of Revelation now comes into play. The book of Revelation is John's vision of the end. Of the end. You see, this is the hard thing, again, to be Christian in the 21st century. Because so many things distract us from our true home. We get sidetracked by the endless pursuits and distractions of the world. And then John now, given a beautiful vision of what's to come for every single one of us, God willing. Well, what does he describe? He says, I see a number from every tribe, every nation, every tongue who have been marked with the seal. Guess what that seal is? Our baptism. You know, when you were baptized, the priest took the chrism oil and marked your forehead, the sign of the cross. You were marked. 
Every demon knows you're marked, by the way. Do you know that? They see a baptized Christian. Oh, they're terrified of us. Because we have this indelible mark now impressed upon us. Our souls are marked forever. In the vision of John, it says that he has seen them all marked with the seal. 144,000, that number again meaning the multitudes. We see us surrounded, a great multitude, vision, all dressed in white. And we are surrounding the throne before the Lamb. Who is the Lamb? Jesus Christ pierced. In a few moments, I'll, I'll yell at you. Eche you say, eche mundi. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him. It says in heaven, surrounded with all the great multitude of the saints, now we stand before God in worship. Who are the saints? Mark now. It says those who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb who have survived a time of great distress. That is why our churches are named after our great saints. The saints are our inspiration. That we do not belong here. We do not belong here. Our existence here on earth is but a trial to get home. Our true home. That is why no matter what happens on Tuesday, the election, it doesn't even matter if your guy wins or the opposite guy wins. It doesn't matter because we are greater than here. We're meant for greater things. That's why no matter what happens in the world, the Christian always triumphs. Because we understand rightly, unlike those without faith who have their soul paradise here on earth, we say, no, whatever happens here on earth, as good as it is or as bad as it is, I'm a child of God. And the saints become our inspiration that God willing we make it. I hope I make it. That God willing at the end of time, when my time finally comes, it could be tomorrow. No, none of us in here knows how long we have. None of us do. It could be next week. It could be a year from now, 50 years, who knows. But God willing, now, we have stayed faithful to Jesus Christ, to his commandments. And then when I stand now before judgment, I will hear the beautiful words which our Lord himself, and I hope he says to all of us, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Now enter into your heavenly reward. And God willing, I will see my friend again and all of our loved ones that have gone before us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.